Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is the Finos Open Source and Finance Podcast, and I'm your host, Grizz Griswold. This podcast comes from our Finos All Community Call for Q2 of 2021. If you are not able to attend, here's your chance to hear more about uh, information across the Finos community, uh, sharing updates about Finos projects, special interest groups, and also the Finos team. So with that, let's cue the music. So again, thank you for joining us. And the Finos team would like to say a great big thank you for everybody who attended uh, the Finos All Community Quarter 2 2021 call. Um, it was amazing to see over 130, maybe 140 uh, people, the largest amount that we've ever had for a community call um, uh, across the Finos community and uh, who were sharing updates on Finos projects, uh, special interest groups, and there were definitely updates from the Finos team. And in fact, um, it, the call was opened up by Gab Colombro, our executive director, who started by wishing Finos a happy third birthday, um, taking us down memory lane of successful in-person and virtual open source strategy forum conferences. Uh, Gab then announced the possible return of in-person open source strategy forum events in New York and London this year. Uh, we are currently planning those. In fact, uh, our call for proposals is still open, I believe, until July. So please join us if you can as a speaker. Um, but then Gab moved on to demonstrate the growth of the Finos community and how Finos community engagement has moved from email and meeting attendance to code commits and pull requests by banks and technology firms alike. Uh, so thank you for all of your amazing contributions to financial services um, and open source through Finos. And then after welcoming the new Finos members and announcing the formation of the uh, financial objects and open source readiness special interest groups, we swiftly moved to the Finos community uh, specification for standards governance and the Finos community recognitions led by James McLeod, director of community. You know, the highlight though, uh, for me and also for the Finos team, uh, sitting back and, and kind of watching after three years of Finos and then what was it, a year and a half of the Symphony Software Foundation, Seeing a lot of the hard work that we as a team have put in, um, I'm, I'm, you know, clapping our backs right now, but, um, but it's pretty phenomenal when you see um, how the community has grown, and it wasn't just us talking. I think Gab even mentioned something like, you don't have to listen for an hour while he uses his Italian accent to, uh, to tell you everything that's happening in Finos this time. Um, the, the highlight really was the, uh, the energy and enthusiasm of the 11 Finos project and special interest group maintainers who joined the call. Um, those maintainers gave lightning updates on their um, projects and initiatives and, and special interest groups and also told how new collaborators can get involved um, in those initiatives. Um, you'll hear them as we go, but I want to make sure that you know that it was uh, the, the information came from the KDB project, DevOps Mutualization, Legend, Financial Objects, uh, React Hooks, Symphony BDK for Java, Cloud Service Certification, FDC3, which has a uh, webinar coming up in the next week, uh, Symphony Java Toolkit, More Fear, Regulation Innovation, and um, we had uh, Morgan Stanley Talk, Goldman Sachs Talk, uh, Scott Logic, Symphony, Deutsche Bank, Adaptive, and the Alliance for Innovative or Innovative Regulation. Um, so, with that, uh, we're going to go straight into the all community call. Hope you enjoy it, and hope you get involved with the community. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining. We have uh, over uh, 70 people on the line, so uh, great turnout. Um, I know I think by now probably folks are, are um, Zoom fatigued after more than a year, uh, and I hopefully I'm going to be able to uh, see all of you in person relatively soon. 
Um, so today we're going to give you a quick update uh, after our uh, governing board meeting uh, from last week, uh, which was very productive. And uh, on the you know many things that are going on uh, uh, in the Finos community uh, in the first only four months of the year, sounds like a, a year ago. Um, and most importantly, as I said, we're gonna hear it from several of our project maintainers. Um, so uh, welcome and uh, let's get started. Um, I guess I spoil a little bit on the agenda. Uh, we're just gonna try to keep it to, to a short update from my side and James is gonna chime in and give you an update on what's coming in the community. And then we'll dive into the uh, you know, most important part of our project maintainers. Um, before we get started, though, um, on Saturday, we turn three as a community on April 24, uh, 2018. That's when we launched Finas. Um, I just wanted to um, make sure that we all remembered how far we come along in just three years. Um, you know, it's sometimes hard when you're sort of as busy as we've been this year, all of us as a community, um, to forget uh, to sort of stick your neck out and, and look, um, you know, how much progress we've been making. But especially for an industry like financial services, when I look back, I'm, I'm really proud of uh, how much we, we have been able to collaborate and the pace that uh, Finas has now uh, um, been showing as a community. Um, so I just wanted to quickly <laughs> show you uh, a couple of highlights from the last from the last three years before we dive into uh, sort of what's next. Um, that is, in fact, the last time I probably wore a suit um, together with the team, um, or for that matter, anything different than sweatpants. Uh, uh, since the last year has been very comfy, um, but this is the day of our launch, and um, always brings back uh, good memories. I'm sure some of you were there. Um, it probably was, you know, it remains what was our poshiest event in the uh, NASDAQ market side. Since then, we've become a little bit more, um, you know, uh, open source friendly. Uh, and, and although I still don't have my hoodie uh, uh, today, um, but um, it, it's, been, it's been a huge moment. Uh, we, it marked uh, uh, the beginning of our story. And then one year later, I think, OSSF 2019, that was, uh, I think it remains the largest event in person that we've ever hosted. And this is Bjarne Staustrup, the founder of C++. Uh, again, uh, thanks for the Morgan Stanley folks to, for bringing uh, him to our stage. But it was, you know, especially if you're a geek like me, uh, it was a big moment to have him there and, uh, you know, really uh, uh, talking about pretty deep technical stuff, um, uh, which I guess I understood less than half of it, but I think many of you found it really interesting. Uh, and then of course, last year we had to go virtual, um, but we had over 600 people joining us at OSSF. Um, again, looking very much forward to seeing you in person. And so, that brings me to, we just announced uh, uh, OSSF for later in the year. Uh, we're gonna have two of them, one in London and one in New York. Of course, keeping all of our fingers crossed. Uh, we are monitoring the situation uh, uh, in terms of, of course, uh, uh, what's possible due to national regulations and what people are comfortable for. Um, but I wanted to share it with you that yes, we are actually very much looking forward to potentially uh, having all of you in person in New York or London. And of course, we're gonna look to have an experience where um, that it's inclusive also to those who don't feel comfortable to join events in person yet. I guess I, since I got my vaccine here, <laughs> there's been a complete sort of change. Uh, I, I'm feeling way bullish in, in the future. Uh, uh, and so hopefully we're gonna be able to, to see you all. Either way, the call for papers, the call for proposals is open. so please uh, don't forget to uh, submit your talk. And hopefully, again, we can go back to uh, uh, that unique energy that, that builds the community uh, through in-person events. Um, 
I have only a few minutes left, but I just want to give you uh, a little bit of an update on the community uh, and, and our membership that continues to grow strong. We have added eight new members in Q1. Um, let's see if I can get them all. Uh, Armory, Canonical, CodeThink, Databricks, Digital Asset, and then Canadian RegTech Association, Open UK, and Inner Source Commons. Um, again, this is probably the biggest quarter of growth for us. Um, one more sign that the industry is now actively reaching out to Finos um, for anything open source, which is exactly what they should be doing and uh, uh, what we uh, were chartered with. Uh, so it's pretty exciting, but you know, as you know, we're not measured in revenue as a nonprofit. Uh, we are measured in the amount of value that we deliver uh, uh, through our projects. And so it's great to continue seeing the community. If you're not familiar with our metrics dashboard, uh, metrics.finos.org, and there's gonna be some changes there that we will be talking about later in the deck, but it's great to see our con community continue to grow. And what I would also say is this is a graph that shows activity across our channels. Um, you know, the biggest component is of course code. Um, and we're seeing more and more of the collaboration happening in GitHub, which is very refreshing. I mean, if I think about three years ago, a lot of the collaboration was happening on meetings, on emails, um, something which is, to be clear, still a contribution. We welcome any type, you know, contribution is not only code, but certainly uh, the fact that we're seeing, especially several financial institutions being able to collaborate in GitHub directly, it's uh, a big big win for, for our community. Uh, and of course, continuing to grow diversity in contributors uh, and, and organizations that, con that contribute to the foundation. I'm not gonna go through this slide uh, in detail. We'll share the deck after the, the, the presentation, after, sorry, the end of the meeting, uh, but so much happened, uh, not just our members, uh, not just our projects, we, hear, we will hear from uh, um, the financial objects, uh, special interest group that uh, got approved uh, last week and the several work streams that are happening under it uh, as an extension of the work that happens in Legend uh, and really enabled by the Legend uh, modeling platform. Um, so much has happened in the community, including a Slack channel. I believe James is gonna give you an update on that. Uh, and also I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Tasha for being awarded. Uh, uh, you know, we're starting to, winning, to win awards, both as a company and most importantly as projects and individuals. So again, let's keep the momentum going because you know, this has been by far the busiest quarter for us as a team, as you can probably, I don't have eye bags today, but um, uh, uh, it's, it's certainly been, you know, uh, um, busy and with your help and your continued uh, continued active engagement, we can really scale this. Um, I quickly touched on financial objects. Uh, I think we have Fee on the line who is uh, 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 one of the chairs of the project. Uh, if you are familiar with this project, it used to be already in the foundation. It's taking a different uh, uh, nature now as a special interest group, uh, a much more active one. And uh, Goldman Sachs and ISDA are co-chairing this group. So I won't spoil it, uh, I'll let uh, uh, Fee uh, talk about it. Uh, but again, we're very excited about this because Legend has enabled um, us not only to mutualize, again, the platform itself, but really the way we build common industry models on top of the platform by Finos hosting this platform. Um, and secondly, again, this group was approved last week by the board, so it's in a forming stage. Um, but you can see, you know, the website and the email address in case you want to reach out. And I'll let Fee talk more about it. Similarly, the open source readiness group, which, as you probably are familiar with, has been run by Finos for the last three years, it's now uh, getting a life of its own. Um, uh, uh, Wipro. Uh, together with RBC are chairing what is gonna become a special interest group, uh, focused on building a maturity model and continuing to spin out projects that actually uh, allow firms to get to those level of maturity. So again, it's informing stage, but 
resources are still active. We are in the process of morphing this group and you'll hear much more from them uh, in the next couple of weeks and months. Um, a governance update. Again, these are highlights from last week's board meeting. So hot uh, of the presses. Um, we are increasingly working on beyond uh, on projects that go beyond open source software that touch onto standards, open standards and specifications. Um, the Linux Foundation has a, uh, a standardized, uh, pun intended, but has standardized on what they refer to as the community specification license as a best of breed uh, uh, governance for open standards but in a way that can be run directly in GitHub, almost as an open source project. And the bonus is that uh, um, this process and this uh, set of licenses and procedures and IP rights does give us also a path to publish into international standard bodies. So uh, it allows us sort of a lightweight way to start a standard in Finos, but then as the standard grows to potentially push it into uh, uh, international standard bodies. And given that, again, you'll hear it from Fee, but we have several initiatives that are potentially looking at building data models and specifications. Uh, last week, we approved the community specification license as the default standard uh, uh, governance. Um, so in the next couple of weeks, you'll see updates. We already created the standard project blueprint. Again, you get the link once we share the slides later, uh, akin to our software project blueprint template. Um, but we're also going to update, of course, our uh, um, GitHub, our governance in GitHub to make sure that we refer to this new uh, community specification. You can reach out to me uh, for any question on this. And with that, hopefully I've been almost on time. Uh, James, I can uh, uh, help you with the slides. So just feel free to jump in. No problem. Thank you very much, Gab. And um, thank you, everybody, for being here this afternoon. I can actually confirm that we've got 106 participants on the call, and so it's great to see everybody here. Uh, yeah. Uh, if um, people have questions as we go through, um, feel free to use chat. I can see this very active, or maybe even use the Q&A. Um, so, Gab, if you'd like to go forward. I'd like to start um, basically by uh, recognizing the Finos community through uh, Finos Community Spotlight that we send out during our newsletters. Um, this is something that uh, we've done to reflect all of the great work that's actually happening within the Finos community. And I'd like to say congratulations running through very quickly to Denise Cooper, Claire Dillon from um, InnerSource Commons, um, Rob Moffitt and um, Suresh uh, Ripna from um, uh, Symphony Java um, Toolkit, um, and also the FDC3 team, um, Lee Faust from Armory, Eddie Knight from City Hub, and Mark Guerrero from Deutsche Bank, and Andrew King, who actually heads our um, APAC meetup. Congratulations for all of your community spotlights. Um, and also, um, if you know somebody within your team who deserves a community spotlight or a community recognition, um, you can actually follow the link when Gab um, distributes the deck after this um, presentation to raise a GitHub issue in our community repo to recognize either a member of the team or a member of the Finos community who should get a high five um, and become recognized. Um, so Gab, if we move forward. And so what I'd like to do is um, just highlight a couple of people who have been recognized from within the, the um, Finos community through GitHub. The first is to um, Thibaut um, from the Symphony BDK for Java um, team, who I know has actually got an update this afternoon as well, or this morning. Um, now, Thibaut's been recognized for uh, writing a fantastic good, good first issue that basically gives all of the de details of what is actually needed in order to document the HTTP client usage. Um, and the recognition came because um, when you actually write a good first issue, it's good to be quite specific about what the needs of the project are. So a member of um, the team or a member of the open source community can pick it up and deliver. So well done, Thibaut, for, for showing, you know, the, the rest of the Finos community how this is done. Um, Gab, if you would like to move forward. And then the second is to um, Daniela Saliva um, and Eddie Knight of Cloud Service Certification, who, um, so Daniela is from Deutsche Bank and Eddie Knight is from City Hub. And so it's just so great to see um, banks and technologists kind of collaborating in GitHub 
um, through commenting in commits. Um, and we thought that it would be great to highlight this because it's just so good to have that cross-community collaboration. And so if people want to review pull requests or just comment on you know, lines of code, then certainly look at this, um, this uh, pull request that Daniela raised um, for how you know, the cloud service certification team are doing things. Right, Gab, if we move forward. Um, and as Gab mentioned, um, Finos is now in Slack and we have a number of teams um, who are collaborating in there, including the FDC3 team. And I know Rico's um, gonna be giving us an update later. Um, so feel free to join the Finos community Slack. There's some um, links in, in the deck um, that, that will um, get you in there. Or you can send an email to help at finos.org with your email address of, you know, that you would like to, to sign up and, and get, you know, um, on Slack, you can just email us and we'll add you. Um, but the, the community is growing and it's becoming quite active. And so that's um, a great channel for people to explore. And James, I just want to chime in here. Uh, we, of course, know that some institutions are not able to join Slack. Um, on the other hand, you know, other, uh, uh, you know, we of course also use Symfony. Unfortunately, Symfony is not designed for a public chat. Um, so in the end, to be honest, we decided to bite the bullet and, you know, launch a chat service after having sort of researched for the perfect solution uh, over the last three years. Uh, that doesn't mean that Slack is our final solution here. There's work ongoing in the Linux Foundation to look at more Again, not only decentralized, but also potentially regulated type chats. But, um, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that we had considered all the different options and ultimately uh, we'd rather have an albeit imperfect but interactive channel for you guys to uh, collaborate. And if you have any suggestions or ideas or, you know, even just the information of, hey, I cannot access Slack at my firm, uh, please let us know. That's really important feedback um, that we'd love to hear. Just making sure we haven't forgotten. Uh, no, that's fine. Working. And um, just um, to reassure everybody, the conversation with the wider community happened um, through GitHub, through the community repo in Finos. And so I'm happy to share links um, to conversations that were had and the research that was, was done. Feel free to move on. And this is over to you, Gab, if um, you'd like to give updates here. Almost as if we prepped it. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so just talking again, as, as the Linux Foundation uh, continue to deliver um, really you know, scalable tools for us. One of the, I haven't touched today on the corporate goals and OKRs that were set by the board for us, but um, you know, one of them is really to achieve more scalability when it comes to the support that we give to our projects. We have now, uh, either very close or uh, a little over 50 projects and six in the foundation. So there are several tools that we're rolling out uh, that is gonna hopefully make your life easier as maintainers and contributors. The first one is EasyCLA. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while. Uh, it's coming, it should be here by the end of Q2. This is a much more scalable way of managing our contributor license agreement, especially for you as a, an institution, especially large financial institutions, this will provide a CLA manager the opportunity to um, you know, manage online who are the approved contributors from their firm without, again, having to do uh, tedious and error-prone uh, uh, back and forth on email or even exchanging amendments of contracts. Um, so, uh, of course, in addition to that, this allows individual contributors and corporate contributors to sign the CLA via DocuSign. So there's a lot of goodness in there. And also I know that several firms are looking at potentially integrating this internally in your own provisioning systems. So this is coming um, in, in, uh, by the end of Q2. Uh, I know Tosh has been communicating already, messaging through uh, 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 to complete the rollout to manage sort of the change management process, uh, but this is coming. Uh, related to it, Insights. Um, Insights is basically our replacement, the, the replacement for our um, uh, metrics dashboard. Um, it has been, again, built and delivered by the Linux Foundation. And the great news is that shows your engagement, not just in Finos, but across any project around the Linux Foundation. And it does also, of course, 
uh, bring in all the different channels, pretty much like we saw before, uh, uh, including now the new ones they were launching like Slack, uh, like some of the lists are being migrated to groups.io. Uh, so again, we are expecting to have this uh, hopefully delivered to the community by the end of May. Uh, uh, related to it and sort of in a way underpinning this, uh, many of you, uh, and again, this is another piece of feedback that I'd love to, to get even in comments. Uh, uh, many of you have probably registered for a Linux Foundation single sign-on Linux Foundation ID in order to join the meeting today. So one of the areas where we always struggled over the last three years to really bring all the data and all the information together to be able to help and direct the community and, and you know, measure and improve the community uh, was really having a you know, unified ID across all the different systems that we were using. Uh, this is really what the Linux Foundation ID provides. Uh, of course, uh, as you've seen, we've also shared links that did not include uh, the Linux Foundation ID, but I just wanna make sure that you understand that this is uh, ultimately what we're gonna standardize in terms of the community. Uh, um, it's the unique ID that will allow you to manage your individual dashboard, to manage your subscription to projects, to receive you know, badges, affiliations. So it's really the uh, uh, single sign-on across every uh, service that increasingly we will provide through the Linux Foundation. So let us know if you have issues uh, joining or creating a Linux Foundation ID. It does connect to your existing accounts, you know, email, GitHub. Uh, and other social accounts. So it really acts as an aggregator rather than sort of replacing, uh, uh, um, you know, your day-by-day -day, uh, credentials. Uh, but please let us know uh, uh, how, you know, uh, how you're doing with it. And if you have any feedback, we'll be, of course, bringing it back to the LF uh, IT team. And with that, um, a couple of key dates, uh, and then I'll pass it back to James and the project maintainers. Uh, of course, we have the uh, community call today. We talked about OSSF. There's a couple of elections upcoming uh, in uh, Q2. Our silver member election is up. Uh, director seat is up for re-election. And of course, later in the year, we have the membership summit. Um, in addition to that, we have now meetups lined up pretty much every week or two weeks, uh, as well as Grizz is doing a great job at running our podcasts. So take a look at our knowledge base, take a look at our podcasts on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and uh, with that, I'll pass it back to James. Thank you very much, um, Gab. Um, and so for everybody um, who's on the call, feel free to use the, the Q&A um, facility to ask any questions for our maintainers. But we actually have 11 um, project and SIG updates coming up. And so if we go on to our first slide, I'd like to welcome Alvin Shi from KDB. If you'd like to come off mute, Alvin, and give your update. Right, thanks. Uh, just briefly, KDB is this time series database engine that's amazing at as of joins, which we do a lot of in financial services, but uh, out of the box, it's just a raw interpreter, which doesn't include a module system. Uh, Obviously, a module system has served Java and Python very well, allowing people to sort of build up in a layered set of abstractions. And so uh, what dep.q, which is recently out, allows you to do is have that kind of module system for KDB. So if you develop KDB to any significant extent in your organization, uh, please check it out. It's uh, also accompanied by a bunch of other useful components like uh, connection manager with exponential backoff and uh, ways of allowing multiple modules to share the uh, the timer callback. Uh, the thing that actually excites me a bit more these days is KDB Studio, uh, since it is a hard fork of another open source project. Uh, the idea being, of course, that that project's maintainer has got other priorities now and is not able to put time into it. But uh, we at Morgan Stanley certainly have a lot of users who like it still, but have you know ideas, and it's uh, got you know it's it's an old project, so it's got some sort of weird quirks that uh, can be fixed, and we fixed a bunch of them. And also, we learned that another uh, Finos uh, member also has forked this project, and so the the fact that we can all uh, sort of come together through this common workflow and improve it is a very exciting thing. 
That said, we are KDB people and not uh, sort of GUI people. So we are willing to completely ditch the NetBeans-based GUI framework. If there's anybody who's got an itch to, to help with that, please reach out. Uh, and sort of continuing on the excitement of hard forks is uh, QPython. So we also make extensive use of that in Morgan Stanley. Uh, their developers have also kind of lost momentum and uh, QPython only implements uh, two gigabyte payloads, whereas we want bigger payloads and we're gonna work on fixing that. Uh, so th there's a call coming up at the beginning of the next month. Join if you can, if you have any interest. Thanks. That's fant fantastic. And um, for anybody who wants to find the KDB project, you can go to github.com forward slash finos forward slash KDB. Thank you very much, um, Alvin. And with that, I'd like to go over to Amul Schipler um, for DevOps mutualization. If you'd like to come off mute, Amul, and say hello. Yes, hi, thanks, James. Um, DevOps mutualization is a special interest group for Finos members to share their approaches on really how they're accelerating DevOps adoption while actually uh, addressing the uh, sort of continuous compliance and assurance needs that many of our regulated members have. Uh, in terms of highlights in the past sort of quarter, uh, the uh, special interest group has been actually one of the first, uh, I think, Finos SIGs to pioneer the use of GitHub discussion because there were a number of uh, members who expressed interest in having a, a sort of a, a forum to discuss their approaches without making them public. And obviously it doesn't replace the use of GitHub issues which we are using uh, to summarize the sort of uh, observations and for any kind of public discussion, right? But we have a GitHub team in place now and we're using GitHub discussions um, for sort of member-only communication. Um, we also, as different banks, share their approach on what they are doing to uh, enable DevOps while maintaining control. Uh, one of the uh, sort of common themes that we identified was many banks are trying to prepare a similar sort of regulatory uh, uh, framework to go back to external regulators as well as internal InfoSec or tech risk groups uh, to really um, highlight what approaches they are taking to address sort of um, some of uh, core elements of DevOps, right? So as an example, automated change deployment or uh, segregation of duty. Um, and given this sort of shared understanding, one of the things that we're exploring is having a project with the regulation at the RegTech uh, innovation stage, which we'll hear from later, to see whether as a as a SIG and really as a sort of industry group, we can present this unified view across all the banks on what is happening to enable DevOps while still really enforcing controls, which is what the external regulators care about. So those are the sort of key highlights. Um, uh, in terms of our current backlog, obviously we are still working on tracking evidence around, you know, uh, what needs to be captured to enable hands-free change deployment uh, and really what banks are currently doing to orchestrate their service workflows, again, um, from a regulatory perspective, take those into account. Right? Thank you. Um, um, I'm afraid I'm going to have to move on to the next update, but um, I'd like to say thank you to all of the banks who are partaking in DevOps mutualization and have actually um, walked on the SIG through all of their various different um, uh, landscapes, etc., in order to educate. And so thank you, Amor, and I'm sorry to cut you off early, but I'm afraid we need to go over to um, Bika and Ephraim for the legend update, if you'd like to come off mute. Yeah, thanks, James. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm here uh, with Ephraim and we represent uh, the legend project. If you wouldn't mind moving on one slide. Awesome, thank you. Cool. So, um, yeah, we'd like to give you an update on uh, two recent highlights as well as what's coming up next on the roadmap. Uh, so maybe quick reminder uh, to everyone what Legend is. It's an end-to-end -end, uh, data management platform that provides solutions um, to data challenges across the entire data lifecycle. And front and center of the platform is to create uh, data models um, to achieve standardizations. 
Um, so um, really exciting recent highlight that we have is actually that we open source relational mapping capabilities. So that means that you can connect uh, the data models that you create to actual physical tabular data sources. So initially we support H2 uh, databases, but more connections are uh, to follow. Um, we are still pending an upgrade um, to the hosted FINAS uh, Studio instance, uh, so that also our modeling community can take advantage of this new feature. Uh, then also we do see a lot of on-premise lo local installations across various uh, industry participants. Um, so that's pretty exciting as well. And, and they have even started kicking off some of their uh, modeling um, uh, use cases or POCs. Um, so yeah, so that's our recent highlights. And then next up on the roadmap is that we will actually soon open source a new component of the uh, legend platform, uh, legend query. So that means like uh, that you can actually query the data that you connected to your data models all from legend studio. Uh, we also will release a new feature, the generation of model jars and artifacts together with another component, the metadata server. Uh, we are working on uplifting our legend document documentation side. Um, there's a migration from the Finos hosted instance of legend to gitlab.com uh, coming up. So more information on this to follow. And then we would like to organize um, a couple of showcase demo series about uh, the new relational mapping uh, capabilities. So stay tuned on that. That's fantastic. So we've got a few seconds. I don't know if you've got any calls to action, anything that you'd like people to look at or where they can find you? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, we actually spent some time uh, opening a couple of good first issues on our various uh, legend repos. Um, so please feel free to check those out. And if anything is unclear, uh, just just let us know and, and we're happy to, to work through uh, those issues with you. That's amazing. I just wanted to add big uh, Ephraim and the whole team, like uh, it's been amazing to work with you guys just for the rest of the community. You know, we're not only using legend to model, you know, and you hear more of these modeling initiatives coming up to create common industry models. But I think as of yesterday, I've heard of at least three or four organizations who are actually now deploying legend internally. Um, so again, there's different ways to engage in the legend ecosystem, whether you are, you know, an analyst and a business person, you want to solve the problem, we can host a collaborative group or, you know, whether you work in technology and you can look at deploying legend internally, those are both very powerful ways we're seeing this community taking up. So thank you, Efren, thank you, Bika, for all the work that you and the team is doing. Absolutely, thank you. And we actually go over to Fee from Goldman Sachs to talk about financial objects now. So Hi, I understand you're on the Thank you. I am. Uh, so Gab stole the show with our um, most exciting news. Um, so yeah, as of last week, the Finos board approved for financial objects to be a special interest group. So we're excited about where that's going to take us. We, we really see it allowing us to scale up our efforts around industry standards and also perhaps more importantly around giving the appropriate governance structure to each of the projects within, within that special interest group. So to give you a bit of the background, you've probably heard some of it already. So through Legend last year and the working groups that we did with ISDA and the common domain model and off the back of the success of those we really felt we wanted to continue that collaboration in the industry and financial objects felt like the right place to do that so beginning of this year we kicked off two new projects one of those remains within the common domain model and looking to expand around the commodities option payout work and the other one actually branches slightly differently into product control templates so looking to build standard templates around the way that banks have to submit and retrieve pricing data um, from certain vendors. So both of those are going really well. They've both done six week um, initial phases and completed those successfully. We actually had an approval at the ISDA ARC yesterday for one of the approvals into the CDM as well. So that's really exciting. In terms of what's coming up, look out for the new um, SIG monthly meetings. Uh, as I said, we've just got those set up so they should be coming out soon. We really want to hear from the community about other industry standards, industry efforts where you want to see us collaborate in building industry standards. So please get in touch, start posting issues um, at our finos-finos 
FO. Um, and just to give a quick plug, um, at the end of one of our pilot groups last year with the common domain model, we actually had an event function that was ready, um, but actually Legend didn't quite have the functionality available. That is now available to us, and so we want to kick that back up. Um, so please go and take a look at issue 66. You can see the link so when that gets sent round and start to comment. We're hoping to get that set up in the next few weeks and we'd love to hear and get you involved. That's amazing. Um, we have um, a few seconds left so it might be worth um, just um, if you can let us know the types of people or the types of disciplines you know who you would like to get involved in the SIG um, and how they can actually find you. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of the types of people, I guess we want to really cover the entire financial services stack. So whether you're from banks, clients, vendors, fintechs, um, equally the way that Legend works allows it, even if you're not a coder or a developer, um, but you're more on the business side, you can just bring as much knowledge um, on that side as well. And we've really seen that Legend helps to bring that collaboration together and not having to sort of have that coding level. So I would say if you're just interested in general, generally what's going on in the industry and building standardization and sort of improving adoption to some of the new um, technologies that are out there, please do get in touch. Don't feel like you'll be um, restrained if you, if you don't have that coding background. And yeah, to find us, we're at github.com slash finos slash finos dash fo. That's a little bit of a mouthful. Perhaps we need to That's change it. <laughs> That's brilliant. All of the links will be in the deck when it's um, published. Um, thank you very much, Fee, and thank you very much, Beaker and team. Um, and we go over to Dean. Um, so Dean, if you'd like to come off mute. Cheers, James. So I'm here on behalf of OpenFin React Hooks. Um, so if this is the first time hearing about this library, um, it's essentially a collection of React Hooks built on top of the OpenFin JavaScript API. Um, and if you've developed in React before, you might have encountered similar React Hook libraries um, if you've ever used stuff like Redux. Um, so nothing uh, too dissimilar there. Um, and essentially, this library was born from my experiences uh, working with kind of multiple OpenFin applications where we found ourselves uh, developing similar functionality uh, between each application. So uh, OpenFin React Hooks was born to try and pull out that common functionality um, and hopefully um, save developers time and effort uh, when they'd have to develop this sort of common functionality that you commonly see around uh, window manipulation and inter-window communication when you're building um, OpenFin applications. Um, so that's what it is in terms of where we are now. Um, the Hook Library is essentially in maintenance mode, I'd say. Um, so we finished building out um, an initial set of hooks that from our experiences um, we found useful. Um, but we really like to explore what the community has out there to offer. Um, so we probably have a quite a small viewpoint on uh, the common functionality in OpenFin applications. So it'd be really interesting to see what other ideas people have um, around uh, React hooks that we could uh, add into this library. Um, those don't have to be like pre-baked and pre-made. It could even just be ideas. Um, so if you've got any ideas, if you've got any commentary, uh, feel free to visit our uh, GitHub on, as you see the link there, github.com slash finos. OpenFin React to slash issues uh, and raise ideas and we can uh, collaborate together about uh, improving this library. That's brilliant. Thank you very much, Dean. And um, for, for people who might not be a React Hook developer on this call, what should they actually be asking the developers around them? How do we actually spread this out into the network? Yeah, so I, I guess compared to the other projects on OpenFin, it's a bit more specific. But if you're building React applications that are using OpenFin, um, there's definitely a question there of, do you get any value out of these hooks? Um, so that sort of question just has to, you know, be asked. And I suppose as um, the maintainer of the project, you'll be monitoring GitHub issues if people have got further questions to ask. Exactly. Yep. Right. So that's brilliant. So yeah, if um if you've got any developers in your network um who are developing for OpenFin using React, um feel free to push them to OpenFin React hooks on on GitHub forward slash um finos forward slash OpenFin React hooks um to ask any questions and to collaborate with Dean on building out this very useful and accelerating library. Thank you very much, Dean, for being here today. Um, and with that, I'd like to go over to Olivia uh, for Symphony BDK for Java. Thank you, James. Hi, everyone. And yes, yeah, so 
Early this year, Symfony contributed its BDK to the Finos open source community, and I'm pleased to give you today an update. First, the BDK stands for Bot Developer Kit, and our ambition is to help developers to develop bots in seconds. Our primary focus is to give developers the best experience in the implementation of the project, of their project. So, um, um, the code comes with a full developer guide and as well as a training that gives you all the best practices to use the BDK. You can even pass your certification at the end of the course to officially become a Symfony certified bot developer. The BDK provides an ultra simple configuration and authentication to bootstrap your bot project quickly. The BDK contains a certain number of core and advanced services like the data feed management to receive messages sent by users to the bot, users message and room management, as well as a customizable templating engine. You can provide your own implementation if the ones provided out of the box do not fit your needs or preferences. BDK is very modular. A new API called Activity API serving as a real foundation to implement automated workflows and a non-mandatory Spring Boot integration for the Spring Framework fans. In the roadmap this year, I'm pleased to announce today that we'll support Element Versatile Social Messages to give changeable state to messages, a workflow API to chain activities in a logical sequence, and uh, agentless version. Today, the Symfony REST APIs are provided by an agent and it becomes difficult for bots to scale in the load balancing mode. So we're gonna fix that problem once for all. And last but not least, a Python version is already in beta and uh, will be proposed to the finance community soon. That's fantastic, Olivier. And um, what, what type of um, acceleration you know, are you seeing um, on projects that are using the BDK for Java? Uh, I would say that first, a lot of um, uh, ideas became uh, difficult to become a reality because of, uh, you know, generating first the, the scaffold of your bot. It was a pretty difficult. Uh, so with the BDKs really in seconds. That's amazing. And um, I'd like to let everybody know that we do have a Q&A at the end of all of the presentations. So feel free to fill up the Q&A. Um, uh, panel that we actually have on Zoom with your questions for the for the presenters. Thank you very much, Olivier. And Thank with you. that, I'd like to go over to Peter Thomas um, for cloud service certification. Hi everyone. Um, so yeah, I'm the uh, I to lead the cloud service certification uh, project. Um, so this project has been running for um, probably about a year and a half uh, within Finos, but but really has got a lot of momentum in the last. Uh, six or nine months and um and uh, sort of running away now and uh it very i'll i'll speak in a minute about particular things that we're looking for for contribution to but if, if this uh whets your appetite in general and you, you're interested in this then please um uh come along to our meetings uh, as we've listed on the bottom or, or explore our board to to have a look at um our tasks that we have but really cloud service certification is there to sort of answer the question that most financial organizations have as they, as they move to cloud, which is how do I build and configure the services in a way that meets my regulatory controls? Um, the, generally, the, the cloud service providers are not uh, uh, not very opinionated about how you should use their services. They, they provide you with a lot of options uh, uh, and things are very configurable, but they don't have a strong opinion on the configurations that you might apply. And similarly, um, most large organizations have internal uh, security standards like CISO offices and things like that, which would apply additional standards onto, onto what you need to do. So what we're doing with cloud service certification is bringing these together uh, for, for um, uh, uh, services that are available across the different cloud providers uh, and and sharing the practice and and sort of learning uh, from from each other's uh, prior experience. Um, and not only are we looking to to build out the services, but we want them to be testable. So one of the big things that we're looking at, at the moment is how can you build uh, policy acceptance test frameworks around the um, 
the services that you have so that you can not only have a service that uh, meets uh, some regulatory control, but you can also demonstrate that through uh, policy as code or testing, and that can meet uh, existing standards that are recognized within the industry. So in terms of things we're currently looking at, we're currently focusing on uh, the services which are common across uh, the cloud providers and, and Kubernetes is a big focus for almost everybody. Uh, I know that within DB, um, uh, everybody that I've spoken to on the various cloud providers that we've looked at is, is always first thing they ask for is Kubernetes. So Kubernetes is a big focus for us at the moment. We're also looking at databases. So we're looking at Postgres because that's also the second thing that people ask for if they've got a, a piece of compute, they want a database. So uh, Kubernetes, is, uh, Kubernetes and Postgres are, are two of our focuses. Um, also, um, we're interested in other people's priorities. So, so if anybody's interested in joining and they have particular services that they view as a priority, then please come along and, and, and share that with the rest of the group. We're, find, we're finding that Redis is another one to share. Um, okay, Peter, but, I'm sorry, afraid James, I'm going to have to move over. <laughs> right, no problem. Thank you very much. And the cloud service certification team are actually very active in um, Finoslack. So if you've got any questions, feel free to come into Finoslack and, and ask the team. Thank you, Peter. Um, and with that, we go straight over to Rico Eckstein uh, with um, FDC3. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, Peter, I forgive you for trying to steal some of my time there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, Yeah, it's, it's great to be with you today. Uh, FDC3 is, um, is a word that we're increasingly hearing in the financial industry is something that people is, is speaking about. Uh, and what it is is a, a standard. Uh, FTC3 is, is trying to encode the way that people do interoperability on financial desktops. Uh, you know, in the financial industry, we've all got applications uh, that uh, work together, that need to communicate and to collaborate. And there's certain best practices that people use, and FTC3 is trying to formalize that into a set of APIs, a way to discover applications, a way to share data. Uh, we've recently had uh, the 1.2 release of FTC3 uh, just earlier this month, uh, which the community have worked very hard on since last year. And uh, there's some exciting new workflow possibilities like the ability to raise an intent for a particular type of data and giving the user the option to choose from a set of available actions for that uh, data. And you know we can target other applications more precisely now as well. Uh, what's also very exciting is that we've now got an NPM package uh, called Adfinos FTC3 that you can download and use in your web applications if, if that's the type of applications you're building. Um, it also helps vendors to target the standard better and provide a common base for people to use. Uh, what's coming up next for FTC3? Uh, uh, we've got an effort um, at the moment to collect community types from people, all of the types that, um, that they are using in their FTC3 applications. Uh, we've recently, the community had a great presentation from a tier one investment bank that have over a thousand applications using an FTC3 app directory in their organization and lots of custom types, uh, custom intents that they use. So we want to collect all of those and open it up to the community more. Um, and then we're starting to work on the next major version, FTC 3.2.0, um, with lots of new exciting features planned. So please join us if you'd uh, like to participate in that effort. That's amazing, Rike. And with that, I'd like to say thank you and go over to Rob Moffat for Symphony Java Toolkit. Hi, thanks, James. My, my name's Rob Moffat. Uh, I work in the Symphony Java practice, the Symphony practice at Deutsche Bank. And our job is to push transformation within the bank via the use of Symphony. Uh, for most of you, the Symphony Java Toolkit will be a new project. We only joined uh, Finos just last year. And the story is we reluctantly started working on the Symphony Java Toolkit in 2019 as an internal project at Deutsche Bank, because at the time we felt it was hard to get started on Symphony and there was a dearth of open source Java libraries. So we wanted to create a one-stop shop for Java developers where they could build bots 
as microservices using Spring Boot and deploy them in inside container management systems. DB, we use OpenShift, Docker, Kubernetes, and, and recently Google Cloud Platform. So we built a toolkit which tightly integrates with Spring Boot and all of those features around that, like auto wiring, health reporting, metrics, super configuration management, and that kind of thing. And then on top of that, we built functionality to allow our bots to operate in clusters and elect leaders and do failover. And now we're kind of working towards low code and no code solutions for chatbots. So for low code, we have a module called Chat Workflow, which we describe as a kind of spring web, but for chat. And it allows you to write simple Java beans and expose them on Symfony. And that's, that's what I'm trying to show in that diagram there. You can type a command into the bot, and then that's translated into a method call on a Java bean. And that works really nicely. We've got people at DB using this to build various bots for, for trading use cases. And then in terms of no code, we've built an integration with Core AI, which allows people to use a GUI editor to design bot conversations and run those on top of Symfony. And people at DB are using that for building help desk bots at the moment. And on top of that, we've built and open sourced lots of bots inside our cool toolkit. And there are some pictures there on the slide. You can, you can just take those out of our project and, and deploy them in Symfony. There's build reporters, polling bot, RSS news bot, a webhook bot. And all of this is used at DB and we're adding more as we go. And we moved our toolkit to Finos in October, 2019. And this is something that Deutsche Bank are embracing now. We think that it leads to higher quality software over time than in-house code. And it also allows other Symfony developers to build on top of what we've done. And the nice thing is that, as Olivier was talking about earlier, Symfony themselves have now started donating their code to Finos too, which gives us the opportunity to work together. So we're talking to the BDK team to find ways in which we can synergize going forward. But really, it's great that in 2021, Symfony developers have good options to choose from. And, and that's a good success story for Finos, I think. That's amazing. And you can find Rob and the team uh, in the Finnis organization under Symphony Java Toolkit. Thank you very much, Rob. And now I'd like to go to Stephen Goldbaum um, for more fur. Hey, it's Stephen Goldbaum. I'm a maintainer along with Attila Mihai of uh, Morpher. Uh, Morpher is basically a, a common format for saving and sharing business logic and a set of tools to make use of that. So those tools can range from things like uh, generators to target different platforms and migrate technologies, um, automate coding tasks, uh, transparency tools and interactive audit tools, uh, and really a whole steady stream of new ideas that keep coming up. Uh, it's been a very interesting year. Uh, I think the, the David is going to talk about the, uh, the RegTech uh, initiative. And if you can share business logic, uh, it fits very well with that initiative. So it's been an interesting year to see how uh, we can apply it to business uh, use cases. Um, at the same time, we've been looking at using a combination of Morpher and F, uh, functional programming, model-driven development, and domain-driven design to basically automate entire applications. So just code your business logic and then generate an entire application and it's always up to date with the latest technologies, it follows your firm blueprints and best practices. So that's another area we've been looking at. Um, and then in terms of what we're looking at next, uh, FinOS provides a, a good opportunity to uh, collaborate with other projects. And so we're looking at the overlap between Morpher and Legend uh, that often offers a interesting set of problems that anybody who's interested in programming language theory and how you can apply programming language theory to solving real world business problems. Uh, that's a good good place for anybody who's interested in that to contribute. Fantastic, Stephen, and thank you very much. And if um, you'd like to find Morpher, uh, go to the Finnis organization and you'll find the Morpher repo. Um, We're running out of time, James, but I just wanna say thank you to the Morpher team as well. Um, there's so much going on in, in both Again, the potential integration with other projects in the foundation, but also we're getting a lot of input uh, in like real business use cases that we can use these projects in. So um, please stay tuned, lots more to come in the next quarter. Absolutely. And now we go over to David Eric for regulation innovation. That's great. Can you hear me, James? Absolutely. 
Excellent, excellent. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for your patience and your extended interest in all of the different SIGs. Regulation innovation is also a new SIG uh, at Finos. We're really excited to be standing up a bunch of new ideas. Uh, we're dedicated to creating open source solutions for regulatory compliance. Uh, and for that, we have strong relationships with the covered institutions, with reg tax, and also uh, with the regulators themselves. And so part of what we do at AIR, the Alliance for Innovative Regulation, is to try to um, uh, encourage the uh, collaboration between these three segments that often don't uh, spend enough time together. Uh, and the SIG is a really great uh, place to do that. Um, so uh, we have some really uh, exciting projects that we're in the process of kicking off. We're uh, having uh, an incredible time exploring Morphere and seeing how there's an opportunity to use Morphere, particularly for digital regulatory, regulation, uh, digital regulatory reporting. Uh, we're also collaborating with the DevOps team, as you heard earlier. Uh, uh, on the possibility of, of creating um, a, a catalog of, uh, of, of aligned compliance policies, which I think is a very powerful uh, way to uh, actually um, identify and kick off technology solutions that would be really helpful in, in, in helping standardize the compliance processes across covered institutions. Uh, and we're also working closely with um, with Finos to, to kick off uh, the AIR accelerator uh, powered by Finos. And so this is a place where we're going to be parking our, uh, uh, the solutions that we create in the text prints or hackathons that we run with, with uh, regulators. And we, we have some really interesting projects uh, that we're kicking off on digital regulatory reporting that's based on a hackathon that we did with the uh, Department of Financial Services in uh, New York State. We're also working with FinCEN on two crypto solutions, one around uh, CSAM or child sexual abuse materials, which is looking at how to help law enforcement identify uh, wallets that are uh, engaging in illicit behavior around uh, CSAM. And also uh, we're kicking off a tech sprint on May 17th, uh, looking at that same issue on domestic terrorism. Uh, and we're also looking to create a, a, a compliance policy um, library for uh, fintechs, especially for early stage startups. The kinds of projects that we are kicking off in the SIG uh, include uh, looking at machine executable regulation, if you could actually execute regulation uh, with code instead of uh, actually issuing it in language. That's an amazing step forward. We're looking at uh, improving op op interoperability uh, with uh, my uh, co-lead on the SIG, uh, Ian Hollibred from ING, who is pioneering a, a project called o Orchestrate, which is looking to connect reg tax to each other in a single platform so that traditional financial institutions could have access to them by just a, uh, building a, an API to a single platform, which would be a lot easier. Um, we're also kicking off a new project just last week on industry standards for taxonomies and ontologies. So uh, lots going on. The call to action is we have a monthly meeting. Our next monthly meeting is set for May 4th at noon Eastern time. We would love for you to join. So uh, please come learn more about what we're doing with uh, regulatory innovation and um, uh, you know the projects that we're working on. So we're really looking forward. Thanks, James. Thank you very much, David. And now we're going to go over to Gab to Cleese. Thank you everybody for your updates. Thank you, David, and, and to all the project leads. Um, I mean, I'm mostly proud that we were almost on time. Um, and I think I'm the one who accumulated this two minutes delay. But uh, again, I can't um, express how proud I am to have 11 maintainers sharing what we're doing. So thank you so much for your contributions. That's the most exciting part, I think, of, of today. Um, with that, I think we've addressed most of the questions and we are over time. If not, we're gonna make sure to, to address those questions uh, in chat. So join the uh, Finos community Slack channel if you can. Uh, if you can't, let us know, uh, uh, even at info or help at finos.org uh, and we'll, we'll uh, you know, keep that into account for our next releases of, of chats. Um, it's been an amazing first four months. Let's keep it going. Um, uh, um, anything that you need from us, please, please let us know. And uh, thank you so much for your contributions. Have a great rest of your day.
And if you'd like to reach out to us about getting involved in one of these podcasts or any of our webinars, uh, please do so at marketing at finos.org or events at finos.org. Um, that will come to myself and the rest of my marketing team. And as always, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we hope it was useful. Please let us know what we can do to improve by reaching out to us at these email addresses above. And also, we want to sincerely thank you for spending your time with us and invite you to connect with our community. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Join us at finos.org. Uh, to find out more about our community, follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Join our Slack channels. And I'll make sure to put, of course, everything in. I feel like I say the show notes so many times. Um, I'll put them in the show notes. Um, join our mailing list for weekly and biweekly updates. Um, and just get involved with the community. Uh, it's it's growing, and, and if you ever feel like you're getting on the ground floor or something, um, uh, especially as a bank, a fintech, or even um, as a commercial open source vendor, um, now's the time. Uh, this has been your host, Grizz Griswold of Finos. Good day, good night, wherever you are. Thank you.